Hey everyone, my name is Yaro, and you're listening to the Daydream Rolls podcast. Gosh, I'm in a good podcasting role at the moment. As you maybe know, there's been uh, longer gaps earlier in the year.、Um, I broke my leg on New Year's Eve, and most just needing a long time to recover. But I feel like I'm in good flow again, and I'm really excited to bring another episode your way on this really sunny spring-like Friday in Scotland. It was just I was as I was saying this, a bee tried to come into my window because I have so many seedlings that are really luscious and beautiful on my windowsill. So she maybe got confused. Anyway, this is a conversation with Erin Johnson, who is just always so wonderful to talk to. I、um, talked to her last week as well, and I felt really uplifted. And I'm listening back to this just now, felt the same feeling of like, oh yeah, there's goodness in the world. Um, yeah, Erin's work is wonderful. We talked a lot about working with the grief that the pandemic has brought up, alignment in our work and the way that we share and make our work accessible, how we can find our voice and release shame. Which I know, I mean, saying that all out now, I know that that's such a cliche thing to say. I'm gonna find my voice, you know. But having published a book last year and being in this. Process of always sharing parts of myself, but also keeping things to myself and sitting with the awkwardness sometimes and the cringiness of what that can bring up. I think that's actually, even though we might not have a better, less cringy way of expressing finding our voice as a process, it is actually a really important thing. And I'm glad that we have been talking about this. And yeah, we just. We just talked about transitioning through this time and sitting with all these changes bring up for us. This episode was recorded in September last year, and I'm really sorry it took me so long to bring this up. Like I said, my accident and hospital stay kind of just jumbled my whole plan for this year up even more. But I think good conversations are timeless. That's what <laughs> what I'm telling myself. So I hope that it will feel just as good to listen to right now as it did for me recording it last autumn. Just a few announcements from me.、Um, the Embodied Business Community is open for a few more days till Tuesday, the twenty seventh of April. If you're listening to this in the future,、um, it will open again in October, and you can get on the waitlist if you like. It's a year long community program. With monthly life coaching calls,、um, themed workshops, a really beautiful, active community on Mighty Networks,、um, a course that I just re-recorded in March that I think covers everything you need to know to start a small business. It's three hundred sixty dollars for the year, and you can also pay in three or six monthly installments if you like. It's going to be the last time that I'm offering it at this pricing. It's going to go up to four hundred and eighty. In October,、um, to reflect all the extra stuff that has been kind of woven into it over the years, it's been going for three years now, and I feel every year it's just growing deeper in a really beautiful way. We have co-working sessions once or twice a month, for example, and people get really good stuff done in that time. So I'm proud of this community, and I would love a few more people to join us. I'll link to that in the show notes. Other than that, I have two more creative space sessions coming up for patrons over here in this business, and that's exciting. And then we'll have a little summer break.、Um, I'm currently doing a gardening course, which I'm really loving, and 
I'm thinking about, yeah, rad, the radical potential of gardening for, for, for growing food together and maybe one day that being part of our collective healing and kind of recovering and processing of the pandemic. I think, yeah, the one thought that really gives me hope that I'm hoping for the future is just getting together with people and having our hands in the soil and growing things and kind of sustaining this trust in the seasons that's been really important for me. This winter was so long and so dark, especially those months where I couldn't walk at all and was in so much pain. And I think I have so many seedlings coming up on my windowsill now, some of which are getting really big and actually need to move outside. And that has just kind of like tending to them every day has really shown me that spring is coming and kind of helped me in this trust that that time wasn't forever and I'm so grateful and I really want to share that with other people um so yeah and I think that it's also weaving together a lot of the other work that I've done in the past around herbalism and the death doula training around winter and grief and making space for those kinds of rituals so yeah stay tuned for that I'll go deeper into that into my little summer break and then in the autumn I'll share more with you but for now I'll let you listen to this thank you so much for joining us I'm really wishing that this conversation is going to bring you some comfort and some joy and I would love to hear from you or receive a review that would be great as well yeah go and leave me a review I would really love that thank you so much <laughs> I feel hey. like I'm just always giggling with you. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> hey everyone. Um yeah, like Erin nailed it on the head basically. I'm so happy to be speaking to her today. Erin Johnson has been on the podcast about a year ago, and I'll find out what number episode that was and put it in the show notes. But basically, ah, it's been so lovely to know Erin this time and obviously so much has happened since last year and there's so much that we can check back on and expand on and a really big wish for me this year has been to have second interviews or maybe even third ones this year with people because I feel like the first one is always this opening and an overview over someone's work and like at first getting to know someone but I really really deeply appreciate podcasting on so many levels and I think with everything yeah that's been happening this is a slightly overused sentence I'm noticing as I say that <laughs> but <laughs> I really you know I've been thinking about creative practice and what it means to stay in conversation and lockdown and like how do we how do we stay engaged with something that feels hopeful and I think for me podcasting has been a really big part of that and I'm also a really passionate podcast listener I've moved houses yesterday and today I've already listened to two episodes by Erin which who is running the um, Living Open podcast which I highly recommend and will link to as well so that was my little fangirl intro Erin hi <laughs> hi, hi. You and I'm so happy to be here <laughs> <laughs> great that's really beautiful thank you so much for making time of course so I would like to open with this very casual question of what your experience of this year has been like been like so far and like where are you at right now what does this season feel like I could ask more questions but I will pause here and let you <laughs> say what you want to say to that yeah I'm like this past year has just been wild for me I mean of course collectively and for all of us I think it has been but then at a personal level so much has happened for me too and 
right now. So I'm in Philly and it's fall here and I feel really grateful to live in a place that has all of the seasons, even though I will say definitely fall and spring are getting shorter, I think, every year um, with climate change. And it seems like we have a lot more summer and a lot more winter. Um, but soon the leaves will be changing and like looking out my window, the trees are still like green and full right now, but soon they'll be turning brown and orange and beautiful. And I'm excited for that because I'm a Libra and I love fall. <laughs> um, but this year has definitely, I think, been a crash course in <laughs> learning how to be with myself more deeply. And before this year, I think I would have said I know how to do that and I do that. Um, but this year really showed me how to show up for myself in a bigger way and hold space for feelings that are so big that they feel scary. Um, this year has felt a lot more difficult than it has easy. I've felt like I can't get out of bed a lot more days than I ever have before. And that's been really hard for me and has felt scary um, at times. There's been a lot of grieving, a lot of old things coming up to the surface for processing that, yeah, I think it's just because of the space that the pandemic created in my life of just like being home all the time and having so much less yeah, social interaction, engagement with other people, work outside of my house, um, that, yeah, some things bubbled up to the surface that I don't know if they would have had the space to do so had that not happened. Um, so, like, processing through those things and, oh, my God, what else? I've also moved twice this year, <laughs> this summer, which was also um, really difficult and we talked about this a bit but really I moved because I had a bad roommate situation that I was not expecting and that turned into a lot of healing around conflict avoidance which is kind of hilarious because I said before that happened I was like this is my intention like I really want to work with conflict avoidance because I know that I do this conflict is really hard for me and then it was like boom here you go here's all of this conflict in your home <laughs> um, but I feel good about the way that I showed up for that. So that's been part of it and settling into my new home now. Um, and also undergoing some relationship changes um, with my partner and with my friends too, like learning how to engage and stay connected in this separateness that we're experiencing. So I don't know if that, <laughs> I feel like I just went all over the place with that, but it's also been like a really creative year for me at the same time that things have felt really hard. Like I've really returned to some big creative practice that feels really good. I've written more this year than ever, maybe. I've written a lot of poetry and um, engaged with a lot of things that, again, maybe I wouldn't have if it wasn't for the wildness and the specific conditions of this year. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> that was a beautiful overview. And I was <laughs> nodding along, which people couldn't see because I resonate so much. I, I moved only once, which was also really hard. Oh, no, actually, I've moved twice. Holy shit. Yes. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I moved in February. That was also awful. Gosh, moving houses oh, is not fun. It's um, not fun. No, it's not fun at all. And yes, relationships are changing. And yes, there's been more space for creativity for me too. And also more days of finding it really hard to get out of bed and 
just engaging with the world I think there's also been a lot more numbing out right like oh my Mm. god like macaroni and cheese until I just (laughs) absolutely cannot move anymore basically chocolate for me chocolate I cannot move anymore (laughs) (laughs) yes okay um I know that a lot has changed in your business as well and I've seen you bring to the world so many beautiful offerings in the past years many of which I have participated um I was in your heart healing breathwork group which I think was December last year something around that time November December yeah yeah exactly and then we had a heart healing session together a few weeks back which was really beautiful I'm still thinking about it and have listened to the recording of the audio of the tarot part mm-hmm. of it many times and yeah I think it's just always really beautiful to be able to witness someone as they grow and evolve with their business and I would love to hear more from you like what feels important to you right now and what has changed mm-hmm. and it could go in any direction like I would love to hear both about spiritually and your beliefs and and what feels really healing to you but also on the more practical what it means to be a small business right now level yeah oh that's such a good question I feel like my work and my feelings about my work and my thoughts about the direction of my work have evolved a lot this year and I'm definitely a a dabbler like (laughs) I get really excited about things and I want to do a million things and have my hands in like all these different pots because I just I I don't know I love life and I get excited by a lot of different things and so that shows up in me doing a lot of different things a lot of times in my business and this year I've really been feeling a big pull to like focus back on what the core of it is that I really care about that's really important to me that I feel like is the thing that I really have to share with people and with the world and I think that that's a little bit hard for me because it's kind of like FOMO about the things that I'm not offering anymore or even grieving like things that I'm not offering anymore but yeah I think I felt really clear this year that my work is about helping people embody more of themselves and how scary it can be to like express that self and embody that self out in the world because there's so much to it right there's like shoulds and there's shame and there's programming and there's all of these things but I think like that's the core of all of my work with breath work with heart healing with writing it's like that's what I'm always trying to help people with and that's what I'm always doing for myself too it's like when I'm healing that's what I'm healing towards orienting towards it's like more of myself and bringing that forward so yeah I felt more clear about the focus of my work this year which feels really good um and I mentioned that I've been writing a lot this year and that feels like it's playing a more important role in my work as well like um I'm writing this religious trauma healing workbook that I've been writing for (laughs) I don't know since like April now and I thought maybe this fall it would be ready but now I'm like there's no signs of it being done I'm just like so much more is coming up and I think that is feeling really lovely and like a way that I want to share work with people through writing and I think it's for a couple reasons because work that really resonates with me is work that is holding space for people to figure stuff out on their own, right? For people to draw their own conclusions, open up, like find something within themselves, not work that's really like, 
I don't know, prescriptive or like do this thing or find this thing, but is more, much more open, I guess, which is, I guess, a word that I really like <laughs> my podcast name too. Um, and with the writing of this workbook and writing and exercises and journaling prompts and those kinds of things, it feels so much like that space holding, but in a different way, because it's a book, right? Um, and so that feels like it's becoming more important in my work. And I'm excited to share that whenever that happens. <laughs> but for now, just sort of like being in the in the creation of it. And also thinking about at like a I mean, so much has come up for me this year around having my business according to my values and structuring my business according to my values and like, where am I in alignment with that and where am I not? And it's also happening at a time where I moved and my expenses for my life have doubled basically in this move and my life has gotten a lot more expensive. And so trying to like, reconcile that and what I actually need to like live and thrive which is more than it has been before with wanting to create offerings that are accessible with deeply believing that healing should be accessible and people shouldn't need to be rich to be able to heal like that's there's so much that's wrong with that um and so yeah trying to reconcile that in my business has felt sticky, especially these past couple of months where I'm sort of realizing that like, oh, maybe the way that I've been making money in my business is not as sustainable now that I have this like newer and more expensive life. And what does that mean and what needs to change while still being in alignment with my values, which is a huge conversation. And <laughs> I'm like interested to hear your thoughts about that too. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think that's where I'm at with my work right now. Yeah, that makes total sense. Thank you for sharing. I'm going to turn my video off because there was a slight delay and I just want to make sure everyone can hear every word of yours because they're so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so let me circle back on something uh, and I want to talk about the accessibility as well. That's That's a really beautiful point. But first you said something different about the workbook and the process of how it comes to be and the openness. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Because I think, and I hadn't <laughs> really thought about this before you said it in this way, but now I'm like, ooh, let's explore this some more. I feel like you and I have both self-published a lot and that has its own beauty and also its own vulnerability and complexity and messiness sometimes. And um, when my book came out, for example, which I shared on your podcast, which is coming out soon, for example, I had this evening of feeling like, oh my gosh, like this is so unbearable. Like I, I, I know there's these typos and blah, 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 all this stuff. And I think it was just the process that I needed to go through, but it was definitely a thing. It wasn't easy. But I think on the flip side, what we don't have to do when we self-publish is convince someone else that we're the expert or that we have figured something out that we now share with other people in a top-down kind of way and I think that is really hard like I haven't seen many people kind of receive publishing contracts or book deals that haven't positioned themselves in this particular way that you just spoke to we can let go of actually well you haven't specifically said that but maybe that's what you meant I don't know but I, I love the way you write I think that's what I'm trying to say here I love the way you write and I love the openness that you're speaking to and I love that we have found this way of 
sharing our work that doesn't necessarily depend on gatekeepers. And if you want a publishing deal or if I want one, like that's 100% cool. I think there are definitely circumstances where that just feels right and it's the right thing to do. And maybe, you know, like who knows what the future will bring, but I'm excited about this shift. And yeah, like you said about facilitating space in which people can find their own answers. I think that's something you're really good at and uh, that I really appreciate about your work. So thank you. Thank you. I mean, and yeah, I totally agree. I feel like I'm under no illusion that I'm an expert in religious trauma or in healing or really in anything other than like my own experience and my own life. Um, But it's a process that I'm engaging with, like specifically healing religious trauma here, but healing in general and something that yeah, I want to be sharing about and sharing about things that help me and things that have opened up for me and yeah, in hopes that maybe that will help somebody else too find what yeah. that is for them while not expecting it to be the same as it is for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yes, I'm going to stop your video as well, if that's okay, just to oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> increase the sound even better. Um, yes, that makes total sense. And uh, yeah, I would love to also come back to what you said about... Um, the exploration of what accessibility means and what is a sustainable life and how is that reflected in the values of our business and I think yeah I have some thoughts and I also want to hear yours because this is your interview right I think you have so much to say as well um but I feel like yeah before I say share my thoughts I really want to say that I feel I feel pretty aware of of my privileges and I think that this or like even being in this position where we can think about what this means to us right now is really beautiful I'm so grateful there have been many long stretches of time in my life where I was working minimum wage jobs and there was no way that I could even have like a real break and deep rest and headspace to think about whether or not my work was reflecting my values and I know that there's lots of people out there who you know hold other marginalized identities and have an even harder time breaking into the online space. And I really hope that's going to change. And I really wish that the internet was actually democratic or, you know, like that we all Mm. um, had the same access to resources and to shaping our work in a way that really works for us. Um, and, And I'm also really grateful that we kind of continue having these conversations and explore and develop more and more tools that we can use to bring more accessibility to our work and um, yeah, to, to bring people in who maybe are not rich and can't afford one-on-one work, for example. And I think our Patreons are a really big part of that. I really love running programs on a sliding scale in that way. I have one coming up in October, which is going to be writing based that I'm really excited about, but it's not, it's still not super easy. Like I definitely share your thoughts and these moments of like, what does that mean? And like, at some point, we're going to have to think about our retirement, what what kind of stability is enough stability. I think that question has really changed this year. And, um, <clears throat> and, and also boundaries, because I think that there can also be a lot of pressure on small business owners to make their work accessible to everyone, no matter what, at the cost sometimes of our own, you know, energy and boundaries and, and time. And so that can be tricky and and I, I think for me it's like so not fixed at the moment so for example uh just to, this is 
this will be the last thing I share and I really want to hear from you. But like I, I opened the embodied business community two or three times a year, for example. And this year in spring, I um, offered a 10-part payment plan instead of a three-part payment plan because this is a year-long thing. And I thought that might make it easier for people to join. But I couldn't find a payment processor that would allow a 10-payment plan without either adding... 10 plus percent in fees and charges or um, it being a subscription model where people can just kind of come for a month and then drop out which I didn't want to do because it's a really intimate kind of closed container that I'm offering and that really wouldn't work and um, so anyway so what I the solution I went with was then that people now um, each month get a PayPal invoice over $24 uh, for 10 months and so many people didn't expect that that was going to happen. And I did tell them, but there was a lot of back and forth. And so it cost me so much extra work. And if I'm really honest, I was really frustrated about it because I was like, you know, shit, like maybe I saved those 10% in, in uh, processing fees, but actually the work I've put into this is like, it was so much. And so I haven't offered that again. And now it's just one or three part payments. And I offer a different model where people can reach out to me and ask for a 50% um, scholarship if they need it. And I initially said that was going to be two, and then I gave three, and eventually now I made it four spaces. And that felt totally okay and in alignment. But all this to say, really, I think that I still haven't found this, like, one blueprint of how I do accessibility or, you know, what this can look like. It's still really, really messy. Um, so, yeah, I would love to hear where you're at with that at the moment and what has worked for you this year. Yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that because I feel the same. I'm like very much in conversation with myself about this and there's no place that I've landed where I'm like, okay, this is the thing that I'm going to be doing. This is exactly what it is for me. And it it does feel messy. Um, but like you mentioned, my Patreon for me is also a big part of creating that accessibility. And I I really love having something that is sliding scale, but I feel like people get that has a really low sliding scale or like the lowest you can pay on mine is $2 a month. Um, but I really feel like I pour so much into it. And so that feels like really, really good to me to be able to offer something that I feel like is really helpful at an accessible price. But my Patreon for me anyways, can't be like the only thing that I have in my business. And I don't want it to be like, I want to be doing other things too. Um, so thinking about that as well, and I'm kind of at a place of like payment plans on scholarships, like you mentioned, but it's been interesting for me. Like I did my embodiment course earlier this year, pre-pandemic, like in January, and I offered payment plans and I offered heard scholarship but no one took advantage of the scholarship which I thought was really interesting and so I'm kind of like how do I how do I talk about it in a way that lets people know it's okay to to get scholarship you know because I think I think that's really on me to to share about it in a way that makes people feel comfortable reaching out about it or filling out the form about it so I'm thinking about that for the next time I do some type of course and and payment plans as well, which I think I've had sort of mixed success with. Like I take advantage of a lot of payment plans and I'm really grateful for them when they're offered. I think it's important. And I also think it's important for me to be offering them in a way that's like 
they're not getting charged extra for taking advantage of a payment plan, which I'm sure, you know, is really common. It's like, it's like a thousand dollars for one payment, or it adds up to being like 25 or not 2,500, (laughs) $1,200 or something like that. If you do the payment plans and that's like, yeah, it's like penalizing people who don't have money, who are the ones who are taking advantage of the payment plan. So that's important to me. And, but I've also had people not complete payment plans, which doesn't feel great. Um, and you know, maybe if I like, maybe I need to be telling myself, like if people aren't completing payment plans, then clearly there's a circumstantial issue that's like allowing, that's not allowing them to, but that Mm -hmm. also, yeah, like I'm thinking about that, but also it doesn't feel great to not have payment plans completed when like, I didn't really consent to that, you know, like that's not the agreement that we entered into. Yeah. And I know that that's important to me, creating more options for people to pay, especially when something is more expensive. Like, and I don't really offer anything that I think is hugely expensive, but even like for my course that you mentioned that you did breathwork for the heart, like I, mm-hmm. I think I'll be doing again later this fall and that's like a bit over a hundred dollars and that's a lot of money still and so like I want to have payment options for that and again it's like okay what are the processors like I've done it in different ways which I would not do again but I've (laughs) even done it like I'll just like charge you on Venmo or like send them or you can send me a PayPal or whatever and I'm like that's so much like manual labor for me to like charge people on Venmo I'm like I will not do that again but Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah so like working out the those things too and I think at the end of the day I just like I have to I have to live with and feel really good about the ways that I'm doing business because I'm not okay with having a business that is not accessible I'm not okay with having a business that is built on exploitation like there is so much to see about business practice in the world and in the U.S. that is horrifying that is exploitative that is incredibly inaccessible and I do not want to be part of that at all right that's why I work for myself and I don't want to be replicating harmful systems in my work and honestly I'm sure there are things that I'm doing now that I probably don't even realize that are actually not in alignment with my values and need to change. Um, It's definitely a process for me of like continuing to work with things and wake up to things as I grow and learn and change. Right. So yeah, no answers, (laughs) but lots of questions (laughs) being asked. (laughs) Yeah. I was again, nodding along and just want to say me too. Feel the same. Are we committed to this? I love what you said. And like that, that feels true for me too. I'm really aware that there are, ways in which I do I do do harmful things and that I'm maybe not aware of and it's going to be yeah a journey of uncovering that and and unlearning that and doing things differently and better and I'm happy that we're talking about it and all around me I also see more conversations and that makes me feel hopeful so that's great (laughs) you you touched on grief earlier and in relationship to the creative process and I would love to hear a little bit more about what that looks like for you right now like when you find yourself in a moment of sadness and really sensing the loss of something like what kind of things do you do and how do you make space for that Mm, yeah so I've never had one of these before but inspired by you at my new apartment I set up a little grief altar Um, (laughs) yeah and it's like right next to me actually in front of my window and I've got like a 
a candle and some mugwort and this beautiful purple and white shell that I picked up from um, Burton's Island in Delaware, where, near where I'm from over the summer and like a glass of water and a moonstone. And so I've been spending some time there, sitting there for sure, um, holding that space for myself to grieve because for many years, I didn't grieve anything. Like there are relationships from years ago that I never actually grieved the end of. And I really just numbed and dissociated through to survive. And that's okay. Like I don't judge myself for that. I think that's really what I needed to do to be okay and make it through. But that means that there's a lot of stuff that I haven't had the space to grieve before and now I do. And so some of the things that I'm bringing to my altar are really old. Um, and so it brings me back to a place of who I was at that time, what was going on in my life at that time. And in some ways that feels really hard, but grief has also been coming up fresh and new this year. Right. I mean, there's so much to grieve for all of us and, also for me grieving like moving out from living with two really close friends for a few years and that felt um, much much harder than I thought it was gonna be and so for me grieving has felt a lot like holding space for myself to break down and cry and it's certainly a privilege that I can really just do that in most of my day. Like maybe I'll, well, maybe I'll cry in this conversation, but <laughs> um, most of my life these days is like, I can do that. Um, so that's definitely something that I feel grateful for, but it's really been a process of engaging with my feelings and being present with them rather than pushing them away, which is again, something that I functioned with for a really long time. Um, I've definitely said this before, but a lot of my healing journey and my journey with myself has been about remembering how to feel and letting feelings be okay and feeling feelings. So it's definitely not something that um, was always easy or natural for me. It's something I learned at a really young age to not do actually. So yeah, holding that space for myself and oftentimes it's really simple. Like I might just hug myself and say out loud, like, I love you. Or like, you're okay, baby. Like literally talking to myself, like I'm a baby or like a little child. Um, and that feels really good because there have been so many times in my life where I was crying and I needed someone, I needed a parent or a friend or someone to hold me and no one was there. And I didn't know how to be there for myself. And I do now. And I, I still want to be held a lot, um, but I can also hold myself now and hold that space. So yeah, that's really what I'm working with around grief and feeling. And some days it's harder than others. You know, it's not like every time that I, that I feel grief coming up, I let myself feel it. Sometimes it's too much. And sometimes I just like eat some chocolate or some mac and cheese instead. And I'm like, that's okay too. Like <laughs> understanding that, yeah, that my body is really wise and that if something's too much, then it's totally okay for me to not feel it right now. But I'm not okay with doing that all the time, right? Like it's really important for me to, to come back around and to, to be with myself when I feel like I can. Mm -hmm. Yes. This whole holding oneself is so beautiful and I loved how you 
yeah, you're so clear with yourself on what you need and how you can hold yourself. And there's so much self-compassion there, but also so much really deep, fierce commitment to showing up in a way that's possible when it is possible. And I think that's so beautiful. And also, oh gosh, yes, I feel so grateful to be able to cry anytime. You know, like mm -hmm. I definitely, I probably wouldn't crawl, cry in most of my client calls because they're for my clients and I show up for them. <laughs> but but I remember years and years of having office or other kind of care-related jobs where I was always observed or like always monitored in some way and it would have been highly unprofessional and really critical for me to just go and cry. But actually that's just human, right? And I feel now that I'm able to do that just as it comes up, there's less that gets so stuck and clapped up in a way. And that's really cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying is making me think of, so I've never really had an office job, but I used to wait tables and it's making me think of like having to go cry in the bathroom stall for like two minutes in between, like running somebody's food and running somebody's drink and yeah. <laughs> how Yeah, that's like so many spaces and business environments and work environments. It's just not possible. Mm -hmm. Like that space is not held for us to be human. Yeah. And so I'm not going to hold that space for myself. Like I'm not going to create an environment where I can't be human at my work. Mm -hmm. No way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, I would love to look into the future a little bit as well. So like we said, we were recording this um, around the... Well, it's the 23rd of September, 2020. Uh, we've just entered into Libra season, which is very exciting. <laughs> and very exciting. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That was too exciting, apparently. <laughs> But, It's overwhelming how exciting it is. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, I really love this season. And I have never felt a lot of grief around letting summer go. I know it's for many people, it's just a favorite time of the year and like summer holidays, but it's way too out there for me. And I feel like I'm really in my element now in a Scorpio and have a Libra moon. So like, this is my time, <laughs> basically. Yes. And also it is an, an incredibly uncertain and difficult time on so many levels. There's the election coming up. Um, there's a shift in season, which many people believe will, um, you know, just give the numbers of infections another really big boost. I think that's already happening. And here in the UK, we're going into a second wave. So I would love to hear how you're preparing and like, what does nesting look for you, look like for you right now? What are you hoping for in the next few months? Mm. Oh, I love this question so much. Um, on a really like practical level, nesting is looking like creating a space in my home and especially in my room that feels really nourishing, that feels really good. So I have like my, I have multiple altars in here. I've got all my candles with their delicious scents, like senses are really supportive for me. Um, I've got my little twinkly lights and my vines and I've got all the things around me in this space that feel comfy and cozy and I love my bed. And so that's definitely like practical level. I'm like setting up my home and sinking into this space to nest into. And I think I'm really moving into the fall with a big commitment to my creative practices. I think that's something that has supported me throughout this whole year and I'm wanting to 
step into even more of throughout this fall and winter because yeah I'm feeling like I'm feeling afraid of what's going to be happening Um, and I know that working with my creativity is something that helps me feel like like being alive matters like there's something beautiful here too and I I need those reminders literally if I'm going to be able to get out of bed like I I need those things that anchor me into aliveness and into joy and into pleasure when it feels like hard to find um so I'm working on a poetry collection right now and that I mentioned to you in I've been taking a poetry class and returning to poetry this year has felt really beautiful. And so I'm really wanting to sink into that with this fall and winter. Like I have this intention or this goal around this collection and just like engaging with writing poetry feels so special and so sacred because it's something that anyway, for me in my process, it's like, I need to be really present. And I also need to be listening to life around me, like listening to nature, listening to my body, listening to sounds and sensations. It's like all these things really inspire my poetry. And so I'm like, feel like I'm really Um, I don't know part of the world and part of life when I'm working with writing poetry so definitely that for the fall and winter Um, and I I told you as well I've got my pole up for pole dancing (laughs) and I'm really wanting to do a lot of dancing in the coming months because that's also a thing that feels really supportive for me and I feel I haven't done pole dance in like two months now from moving and everything and and I feel a difference in a negative way. Like I really miss it. It's something that really gives me an outlet for, for body self-expression, for sexual self-expression um, outside of the context of like having sex, but sexual expression that's for me and feels good in my body. Um, what else? I don't know. I have my watercolors in front of me and I love doing watercolors. I think that's another thing that I'll probably be really leaning into. and. I like doing maybe some breath work and then painting some phrases or some symbols or shapes that feels really nice to me. And sometimes I hang them up. Sometimes they're really ugly and I don't want to hang them up, <laughs> but um, it's, it's not really about that for me. It's like the process of creating them and just letting it like pour out of me, whatever it is, um, whether it's watercolors or words or anything, it's like the process of creating is what feels so good. And if, I don't know. It's not really feeling like it's about the the end result or about other people liking the things that I make or create even, which I don't know, maybe, maybe it shouldn't be that way when I'm talking about my, my work and it's a bit different when I'm creating something that's like intended to help other people. But like when I'm creating for, for me, it's like the process is what feels so special and yeah, something that I need especially this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, those are such beautiful reminders. I love that you love pole dancing. And <laughs> sorry, I was just searching for the word in my head. Um, I always love you um, sharing that on Instagram as well. And yeah, it's really inspiring. And I really hear what you're saying about um, expressing sexuality outside of having sex. And there's something really life-giving around that. I think when I was younger and I hadn't had a chance so much to look at my own trauma and how that plays out, it always felt extremely abstract to me when 
people spoke to the connection between creative and sexual expression. And I think the thing, the part that I said then and that I'm still holding is that it doesn't have to be related. It's different for all of us. And I think we can have, you know, we can identify as asexual and or have periods of time where, where sexuality really isn't on the table and still have deeply creative lives. I think it doesn't have to be related, but sometimes it can be and that feels really opening and really um, interesting and playful. And so, yes, and I think also this year obviously is a time where many of us maybe can't be in the kind of intimacy that we would like to be in. And so finding these other ways of expressing that I think is really beautiful. I really want to write and exchange handwritten really dirty letters this year, this winter, I've decided. <laughs> yes, oh my God. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I don't even know why I said dirty because that's, in, you know, like in relationship to dirty and clean like that is not actually what I meant. I should probably do your workbook. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and unpack that a little bit more. I I didn't have an allergic upbringing, but obviously I want to acknowledge that I think so much of Christian culture and those kinds of ideas can can affect all of us. And so I, I'm definitely looking forward to reading more of your work and seeing how I respond to that and what I can learn and unlearn from you. So I'm very excited for that to come through whenever it is ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's such a good point. It's like, I feel this so much and I'm not sure about how it is in the UK, but I know that here in the States, it's like Christian culture is so much part of the culture. I mean, it's in our schools. If you think about public school sex education, like that's so influenced by Christianity, which is absurd. Like that shouldn't be. It should be influenced by public health and by science and focus on pleasure, but um, that's not really how it is. And yeah, religion, even if we didn't grow up with it, I think it's really woven into our society in ways that we're like, wait, what? <laughs> Mm -hmm. why is that there even what you said with like dirty it's like yeah it's kind of what we learn yes exactly yeah but also I love the idea of you sending these letters uh-huh right yeah I really uh yes <laughs> I'm gonna develop those thoughts some more I see myself also like sprinkling little rose petals into the envelope and like maybe a bit of my perfume I think it's going to be quite exciting, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, I before we go, I would love to hear if there's anything that you feel like um, we haven't touched on yet or something that you just want to kind of like wish or send or love into the future because yeah, one of the beautiful things about podcasting is that we're recording this now. It's going to come out in a few weeks. We're going to listen back. People are going to listen at different stages. And like, what is what is our message from from late September into the future? Ooh. I mentioned this to you, but I've really been working with my dreams a lot this year. And especially the past month or two, I've been taking a class around dream work and recording my dreams every morning, working with my dreams. And that's feeling really 
special and profound. Like some of the dreams that I've had feel very much like premonition. Some of the dreams that I've had feel very much like they're processing feelings um, that I'm conscious of in life. But like, I guess my subconscious really needed to process them a bit more and processing around situations. And some of them are just fantastical and magical and I have no idea what they mean but it's so cool to be in relationship with my dreams and I think something that I'm really learning and leaning into through working with my dreams is how much they open the the space and the lens for for what's possible you know like when I'm in my dream world and I had this dream the other day that I was just rereading about and it was one of my first lucid dreams and in the dream like someone was shooting these like poison darts at me and I was like oh this is a dream and I just started flying and swooping around and I like plucked the dart out of my leg and I was like nah I'm good like this doesn't affect me (laughs) wow really cool yeah but like all the fantastical things that can happen in dreams it feels like the dream world isn't it feels like it's another reality like a different reality you know not something that's just taking place within me but like a different realm of possibility and magic and I feel like it's opening up my ability to dream for for this reality too and imagine possibility and imagine futures and look at the limits of what I think is possible like in my life and in our lives collectively and really think about is that though you know, like, is that actually a true thing that can't happen? Or like, is this, is this possible? Is this something we can dream and vision through that I can dream and vision through? And so I don't know, my dreams are really inspiring me in that space right now in, in waking dreams. And I feel really grateful for that. So I don't know if you're listening to this, maybe write down the next dream that you have and, and maybe engage with it a little bit and see what it might have for you. Mm, yes I love that so much and feel really inspired to get back to this practice of writing dreams down as well yeah thank you so much yeah I really needed to hear that too so glad I asked (laughs) I'm so glad you asked too and also when you said before we go I was like wait what time is it it must be like (laughs) I know isn't it always the case yes but you know, like I said in the very beginning, like maybe this is the year of even having third interviews. That would be cool. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, let us know where people can find you and what you can be offering and how they can explore what you're doing. Yeah, so you can find me over on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore And my website is living-open.com, which is also the name of my podcast, Living Open, which is everywhere, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those places. Um, And yeah, you can find all the things that I'm up to over there this year. I'm like, what will I be offering in the rest of this year? I'm not totally sure. (laughs) But if you find me over on those places, then then you'll stay up to date. (laughs) Awesome. Paid, and I will link to that in the show notes as well. Erin, <sighs> thank you so, so much. This week has been really hectic for me so far with the move and everything. And I feel like I haven't really had as much of a chance to drop in and be in celebration and ritual as I had hoped yet. And it's been so nice and beautiful and nourishing to listen to you and be in conversation. And I really want to hold these practices as 
rituals in themselves as well. So thank you so much for making time and talking to me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I always feel so nourished and so good after I talk to you. And (laughs) that's how I'm feeling right now. Just grateful to know you. (laughs) Thank you.